is this true or is this something that I am making up? Is it something that I am projecting onto the situation? And oftentimes it's just completely in your head. A lot of times it just came down to me telling my boss, I wanna get promoted. I haven't been promoted yet. What do I need to do? That really helps you to get past imposter syndrome too because you're reminding yourself, hey, I did this amazing thing. This is really true. This really happened. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am smiling for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons that I'm smiling is because of today's conversation and because it's such a good, open, real, transparent conversation. Today, I'm talking with our guest, Whitney. You will hear her share more about herself and her professional experience and her professional journey and the growth that she's experienced. And you're going to hear a lot of conversation about imposter syndrome. You're going to hear conversation around her story advocating for a promotion in her corporate job. And what I love most about this conversation and what I feel so excited about is that this is a very real and honest conversation. Not that the other conversations on this show aren't real and honest, but Whitney brings us really close into her story and her experience of advocating for a promotion and dealing with the imposter syndrome and all the mindset challenges that popped up along the way. And I'm so excited to bring this to you and to share this with you because I I know I remember so distinctly from my career when I was struggling, when I didn't feel confident. I remember so distinctly like finding career advice and consuming advice on like how to be confident and successful at work. And I would hear people talking about like, okay, to get the thing you want at work, go have this conversation with your manager. Here's how you ask for the promotion. Here's how you ask for the raise. Here's how you do the thing to be successful. And I always just felt like that advice was never enough because for me, it was never about the how. It was never about knowing what to do. I think we all either know what to do or we can go and figure it out. It's about the emotional turmoil. It's about the inner chaos that I experienced as I tried to step up and ask for the things that I wanted and take up space it felt so hard and so scary and I never found any content or any support out there really talking about the emotional piece and the struggle that I was dealing with. And so I felt really alone and I started to think that I was the only one really having a tough time with this. And I honestly wish I had found a podcast like this or someone like Whitney or just something to know that I wasn't the only one feeling this way. And so the moral of the story and what I hope you take away from this conversation is it's okay if the things that you want to ask for in your career, the roles that you want to pursue, whatever that looks like, it's okay if that feels hard and if that feels scary and if you worry that you're not good enough. 
all of those feelings don't make you broken and they don't mean something is wrong with you. They're common human experiences that a lot of people have out in the professional world that don't always get talked about, but they are getting talked about in this interview, which is one of the reasons I'm so excited for you to meet Whitney. Before I cut into the interview, if you're new here, <laughs> I didn't even introduce myself. I'm Jess. I used to have a career in the corporate space, and now I'm a leadership and career coach for women in the corporate space. And I would love to invite you to join me in my private Facebook group where I regularly go live to do free trainings where you can meet other women who listen to the show and build some community and get help for anything that you might be having a tough time with. I will link the Facebook group below. It's called The Art of Speaking Up. And with that, I want to get into today's interview with Whitney. I hope you enjoy and I'll catch you at the end. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. My name is Whitney, as you said, and I am currently a learning and development coordinator, also serving as an AVP for a Fortune 100 company. And outside of work, I also really love helping my fellow professional women um, develop their skills in particular PowerPoint so that they can stop being overlooked at work and start getting promoted. And can you give us a sense of like how long you've been in your corporate career and like what your different chapters have been so we can get a sense of like your timeline? Sure. So I've been in corporate for about eight years now, and I actually started as a phone-based financial advisor. So I went through the process of getting all of those licenses and spent a lot of time on the phone with clients and ultimately realized that I didn't really love that role. And that kind of put me down the path to figure out what I wanted to do and then how I could get there as well. And let's go back to the very beginning. So I love talking about struggle, which feels like masochistic, but I love talking about it. (laughs) Um, And like early career struggle. What was hard for you at the beginning? So to tell you a little bit about myself, I am 100% an introvert. So I thought I could come into the corporate world and keep my head down and work hard, put out good work and get promoted. And I really quickly found out that that is not the case. There's much more you have to do to be successful. And so I struggled with that a lot. I didn't want to put myself out there. I didn't want to have those hard conversations um, about goals and intentions and things like that. So that was a struggle for me. But once I got past that, I started to see a lot of improvement and growth from that point. I relate to that so much. Like, I joke about this, but it's not that funny. But, like, I would have (laughs) opted to do, like, tons of extra work and, like, all the things to avoid 30 minutes of a really uncomfortable conversation. I completely agree. I remember one of your episodes, you were talking about red light conversations in the hallway, and that was me a thousand percent. I would definitely try to avoid eye contact with people so that I didn't have to stop and make those small talk conversations that were so uncomfortable for me. Yeah, I I know that people will be wondering about that because something that I'm hearing over and over is about the struggle of small talk, like especially on Zoom meetings before they start. Do you have any small talk tidbits of advice or anything you would want someone who's listening to know about like the pain of those small talk moments? (laughs) 
Personally, I feel like the best advice for people like you and me who are mostly introverted is to get the other person to start talking about themselves. And so that is typically what I do. I'll ask whoever I'm speaking to, how was your weekend or how are your kids or whatever I can think of to get them talking so I don't have to. (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. And it, it works so well because people like to talk about themselves. Exactly. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love all like the introvert ninja tricks to help introverts be <laughs> introverts, but still speak up. Right. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about your journey of speaking up for yourself and kind of advocating for what you really wanted professionally. So can you tell us a little bit about your starting point before you made this decision to be more vocal? Um, what were your thoughts of, around advocating for yourself and what kind of mindset blocks or issues were you kind of facing before you made that choice? So really what put me down the path towards advocating for myself was me being tired of not getting promoted. That's what it comes down to. Like I said earlier, I knew I was coming in and working hard and and meeting goals and expectations and somehow I still wasn't moving up as quickly as I wanted to be. And so I knew that there was something else I needed to do and ultimately it was me speaking up for myself and letting people know, hey, these are my goals, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. A lot of times it just came down to me telling my boss, I wanna get promoted. I haven't been promoted yet. What do I need to do? And I had that conversation over and over again. Did you have any mental resistance like when you first sort of realized, oh, maybe a conversation is a good thing? Were there any parts of you that like tried to talk you out of it? Oh, absolutely. Like a lot of us, I dealt with imposter syndrome and there was that little voice in the back of my head saying, are you even good enough to get promoted? There's a reason these other people are getting promoted over you. It's not meant for you. You're not good enough. And for you to bring up this conversation with your manager is just going to be embarrassing. So I had to get past that. Yeah, it's so interesting because I think so many people experience imposter syndrome in their role, like in their current role. And so then that makes the prospect of both admitting to yourself and sharing with someone else that you want a larger role, it can make it feel very big and daunting. If you're like, well, I feel like shaky in my current role, like how the heck am I supposed to like now think about like driving a conversation where I'm telling someone that I'm ready for the next step? And so what did that look like for you? If someone's kind of hearing your story and thinking, okay, this is something that I need to do a little bit more of, where would you suggest they start? Where did you start? How did you think about that process? So for me, I'm I'm very intentional. I'm a major planner. And for a conversation like this that I knew was going to be uncomfortable and risky, I knew that I wanted to Uh, be prepared for that ahead of time. So what I started to do and what I would recommend to your listeners is to prepare an agenda for every one-on-one you have with your manager. On that agenda, you can list out the things that you've been working on, provide them with timely updates, but you can also highlight the great things you've been doing. And that will help you ease into that conversation about promotions, taking on stretch assignments, Because a lot of times people don't realize your manager doesn't see everything you do. They don't see you accomplishing tasks that were hard to get through. They don't see all of the issues that you resolve. They just want to see the end product. And usually that's what you show them. So when you start to record your wins and share them, you'll be surprised at how your manager starts to react to that. 
Did you ever struggle with that act of taking up space of like saying the words of the accomplishments that you had achieved and just speaking about yourself in that positive light? Absolutely. I think that there's a misconception that it could be considered bragging or it's not humble to talk about the great things that you're doing, but ultimately there are other people doing it. And if you want to be promoted, if you want to move forward, you have to step into that space and do it for yourself because no one else is going to do it. So true. And I also think that in some ways, like with the bigger thing that you're asking for, you have to be able to occupy that space of sort of being directive and saying the hard thing because there's a certain point, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but you'll get to like a certain point in your career where if you can't have a harder conversation, it's gonna make it really hard for you to just execute on your job. So it's like the hard promotion conversation is proving to yourself that you'll be able to have the other hard conversations that might be required down the line as your responsibility gets bigger. That's definitely true. And I would also say the more often you have these conversations, the easier they get because you'll be more comfortable saying these things, but also your manager will be expecting to hear these things from you. So when I started to go into my one-on-one asking about promotions, I literally did it every single month. So at certain points, when I spoke with my manager, he would say, hey, I already know what you're gonna say. We're talking about promotions next month. Your name is in the running. And that made my life so much easier because I didn't have to start those uncomfortable conversations. They were already in there. Oh my gosh. And that's such a good example too of like teaching people how to treat you. Yes. Of like this comes up with boundaries a lot where it's like if you always say yes, people learn that you always say yes and they ask you for more <laughs> things and it yeah. self perpetuates the cycle. And this is like the good version of that where you're showing that you're not going to drop the issue and you're putting your manager on the hook to make sure right. that you're getting the support that you deserve. And so how did this turn out for you? Um, let's talk about outcomes in terms of like professional, but then we'll also talk about like confidence and how you felt knowing that like you started a bit more quiet and this was hard and then you went through this powerful process of self-advocacy. So if you could just walk us through like the evolution and the outcome um, in terms of like getting what you were asking for. Yeah, so one of the first things I started to notice once I was doing this consistently is that my manager would actually tell me what I needed to be doing to become more visible and to put myself in a place where I might be promoted. So every time I would ask him, why wasn't I promoted this time around? He would say, okay, well, we want you to show more leadership. We want you to take on additional stretch assignments. And then I actually had tangible things I could do and track my progress towards, and that really helped a lot. So once I started to do that more frequently, I actually was given a promotion, I'd say a little bit less than a year down the line. And then ultimately what happened was another position came available really quickly after that. And since I had already put in so much work with these extra assignments and presenting things and really taking leadership of my team, they already were considering me for this additional promotion that was only a few months later. And so I actually had an incredible experience where my annual salary increased by $20,000 in one year because I had placed myself in the spotlight and I had made it very well known to everyone that I am looking to be promoted as far as I can be and I'm willing to put in the work to do so and everyone took notice. 
And how do you feel now? Especially like, I think sometimes we don't see our own progress. So like when you really think back to where you were mindset wise before you started this whole process and to see where you're at now, how do you feel about what you've done and how has your confidence shifted? Oh, it's such a major transition that happened. When I think about myself, when I first came to the company that I'm at and first got into corporate America, I had no idea how much I would have to stand up for myself. I thought my manager should know I want to get promoted and that doesn't really need to be a conversation. But surprisingly, that is not true. You do have to have these conversations. So now when I speak with my manager, I talk about short-term goals and long-term. They know where I'm trying to be in the next year and up to five years down the line so that when there are new positions available in our department, they can already start considering me for those things. So I've really set myself up for success because I'm very clear and open with everyone about what I'm trying to do. And what would you say to someone who's listening, who's thinking, okay, she sounds confident though, and I'm different and it's harder for me and I can't, and I can't do what she's talking about. What would you say to that person? Start small. I started very small. Like I said, I just started with these one-on-one conversations. Throughout the month, I just wrote down facts. That's all. I wasn't trying to brag or boast about being so incredible and taking on the most difficult projects. I literally just wrote down facts about the things that I had done over the past month, and then I shared them with my manager. And this is information that your manager likes to hear. They want to hear about successes because that makes them look good. That makes them feel like they're doing a good job as your leader. So those are easy ways that you can start to have those conversations and then add on a little bit after that. Maybe you say three things that you've accomplished in the next or in the last month, excuse me, and then you would say, what can I take on this month? I feel like I'm ready to take on a new challenge. I'm ready to present something. I'm ready to train a new associate or something along those lines. And it's kind of hard for them to deny you when you've just told them how you're killing your current job. And yeah, you're ready to take on a new challenge. So yeah, start small. I love that. And as you were speaking, it brought up something for me that is so interesting and I think worth talking about, which is I think sometimes people have this false belief that what they're asking for is bad, you know, like, oh, I'm asking for this thing. It's not good. And I think people forget that, like, when you are adding value and then you get put in a role where you can add more value, that's a good outcome for everyone. And I think people kind of see it like, well, I'm asking my manager to do something for me, but it's so that you can bring back more value in a role that actually is a better fit for what you're able to do. So like you are doing value creation for everyone. And I think sometimes it can feel like, oh, I'm just like asking for something and it's so selfish and it's bad and I shouldn't be asking for it. Yeah, there definitely is a mindset shift that has to happen. And remind yourself that your manager is graded based on how well the people on his or her team is doing are doing. So if you are exceeding expectations, if you are meeting deadlines and going above and beyond, then that makes them look good. And they're going to want to tell other people about that. So highlighting these things really make both of your lives easier. Yeah, it's true. I think so often when we're advocating, whether it's a career advocacy conversation or just any kind of advocacy, 
it's like our brains think that it's bad sometimes and they forget that actually no like you're here for a reason and what you're doing is a good thing for everyone and I want to get a little bit more of your thoughts on doubt and imposter syndrome and either how those have played into your career overall or just thoughts that you have for someone who is working through those and noticing that they have a lot of doubt and imposter syndrome popping up in their day-to-day career? So I've definitely dealt with my fair share of imposter syndrome and there was kind of a pivotal moment for me. I was attending a panel discussion with some female executives from my company and they were talking about imposter syndrome and one thing really stuck out to me. They mentioned that men in the workplace will typically see a job posting and they will apply to that posting even if they only meet 50% of the requirements. Women will look at that exact same posting and they will only apply if they meet every single requirement on the list. And that's just an example of us kind of setting ourselves back because we're afraid that we're not good enough, which is not the case. So when I heard that, it really was an aha moment for me. And I realized that I needed to have that level of confidence and move with intention like that. I think what's interesting to me is like you noticing that like, okay, maybe I wouldn't apply for something that I don't have all the qualifications for. And then making the decision from that point to change your actions. And the thing that is like interesting to me is like understanding if you still experienced fear and doubt, like when you had that realization, did all the doubt go away? Or was it more that the doubt was still there, but you saw things differently and you were willing to make that shift? Does that make sense? Yeah, so the doubt was absolutely still there. I wish there was something I could listen to to make all the doubt go away, but that was not the case. But it was really just a matter of me changing my mindset to think less emotionally and more factually. And I think that is something that has helped me a lot of times when those imposter syndrome type of thoughts creep into my head. I kind of take a pause and I say, is this true or is this something that I am making up? Is it something that I am projecting onto the situation? And oftentimes it's just completely in your head. You know that you have the skills and capabilities to be successful and you just need other people to see it too. Yes, I'm so glad you said that because I think sometimes it can be a trap to wait for imposter syndrome to go away. Like, I think it's easy to get stuck in a perpetual waiting or perpetual thinking, like, I'm not confident yet, I'm not confident yet, when it's actually about relating to the feeling in a different way that gives you more options for how you might act, even though you are experiencing the doubt and experiencing that, like, question of, like, well, what if I can't? What if I'm not good enough? Yeah, it never goes away completely, which is unfortunate, but I think you get to a point where you can tune it out a little more frequently, and that helps a lot. And then the other part that really will help you to do that is speaking out loud about your accomplishments to other people. I think that a lot of us do a lot of really amazing work, and we kind of move past it really quickly and don't pause to recognize ourselves for the things that we're doing, which means that other people may not either. So the more often you talk about the things that you're doing, even if it's just 
very basically saying this is something I accomplished without any embellishments of any sort, that really helps you to get past imposter syndrome too, because you're reminding yourself, hey, I did this amazing thing. This is really true. This really happened. Yeah. It's so interesting too, because it's like speaking out loud, your accomplishments makes it feel more real. And then Mm -hmm. obviously in like different settings, speaking your fears and your insecurities. And I, I mean, we were talking about like feeling alone or like feeling shamed because of things that were hard. I think the being alone in it and feeling unique in your struggle and like something is uniquely wrong with you, I think is one of the most difficult things and one of the first things that when you can remove that and realize like you're not alone or you can tell someone about this and it's going to be fine it opens you up to I think so much more possibility I think that is one of the reasons that having a good network is really important because you can have those more vulnerable conversations with trusted colleagues and you'll realize that you're not alone a lot of people are afraid to ask for what they deserve. And the more you talk about it, the more you'll be able to get past that. Yeah. And I remember even having had thoughts of like, oh, maybe I would rather just accomplish less, like really thinking through all of these things and thinking, well, what, like, how would I feel if I was just at this level forever? You know, like, would I do Mm -hmm. that? And I guess it makes me sad to think that that thought is being entertained because We need talented people to be leading, you know, like everyone has doubt. And I think just because someone has doubt or just because they're struggling, it doesn't mean that they can't be successful in the thing that they want to do. And it's a bummer when someone gets in their own way or we get in our own way when really like we don't even realize that we could have done it. That's so true. I think it's important for everyone to realize that you have a unique approach, a unique perspective, something that people need to hear and you need to share it with them. So if you are in a place where you're just afraid to advocate for yourself and afraid to put yourself out there, think about the things that are great about you that you're keeping from the rest of the world. Like the rest of the world wants you to put yourself out there and to share these amazing things because that is really what makes us all better. Totally. And we need we need leaders who are introverted. We need leaders who are highly yes. sensitive and empathetic. Like, I think it's kind of a shame that in some ways, like, leader has become synonymous with a certain personality type. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's just really sad because we're all so different and, like, talent can look so many different ways. It can have so many different shapes and sounds and faces. And I think that there's something really special that happens when someone works through something that's hard and then they are in a position where they can shape culture or shape other people's experiences so that then like their teams and their people don't feel so alone if they're struggling with something. Because I do think, I don't know what your experience has been, but for me, I've always thought there could be a bit more space for like imperfection and humanness in our workspaces. I think we're still a bit harsh sometimes on people. And I really hope that over time that changes and we realize that like we can give everyone more room to be human. Like it'll be everything will get done. It'll be totally fine. Yes, I completely agree with that. Especially when you look at people that are in higher positions, they present themselves in a way that of course is very 
professional and polished and it does kind of seem like they're perfect and they've never made a mistake in their life. So that's personally why I like to take advantage of any sort of networking, panel discussions and things where people are sharing personal experiences. One of my favorite things to hear is the mistakes that people have made who are in successful positions because it does make everything seem a little bit more attainable. And it reminds you that if you make a mistake, it's okay. You can get past it. You can still be successful later on. Oh, that's so true. And I think this illusion, like, it's so easy to get stuck in the illusion that no one else is making mistakes. And I know a lot of people are scared of, like, stepping on toes, or they're really scared that if they kind of show up bigger, make the asks, are that bigger version of themselves, that they might accidentally step on someone's toes or misstep. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. So I think it is all going to boil down to intentions. There are going to be times where you step on people's toes, but if your intentions were not to do that, when your intentions were to provide value and to show up as your best self, I wouldn't worry about it. It's going to happen. You can't control how other people feel about what you're saying or doing to try to advance in your career. And the best thing you can do is just focus on being better and moving forward. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I think sometimes we, the radius of mistakes uh, people allow themselves to make is way too small. Like they think that they're really going to upset everyone or like blow something up and they do it and it's totally fine. (laughs) Yeah, you have to give yourself some grace. I try to remind myself of that often because I'm very hard on myself and I'm sure a lot of your listeners are too. If, if they're listening to this podcast, it's because they want to be better. And a lot of times that means we're trying to be perfect and perfect is not attainable. We have to admit that that's not a real thing. That's not a goal. That's not in game. It doesn't exist. We just have to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. I love that. I need that reminder every minute of every day, (laughs) all the time. Um, Okay, before we get into the next section, let's learn a little bit about the work that you do with professionals. So tell us more about that work and what it is like to work with you. Yeah, so my focus is PowerPoint. I think that this is a skill that will really allow people to showcase their skills and expertise in the workplace. It's something that a lot of us use all of the time, especially if you're in a corporate profession. And the funny thing is, it's one of those things where everyone kind of taught themselves and everyone has a different level of skill and understanding, but you know a good PowerPoint when you see one and people will come to you for help, suggestions, advice, if you become a person that can really master that skill. So that's something that I like to talk with other professionals about. I'm also a certified Microsoft Office specialist, so I know a lot of the behind the scenes, but really my focus is creating presentations that are polished and professional that can be used, you know, in an office type of setting. Wonderful. And tell us where we can learn more about you and where we can get in touch. Sure. So my website is WhitneyDWalter.com. You can also find me on all of the social platforms at Whitney D. Walter. And I would love to connect with you or your listeners, anyone that would like to come find me. I'm always online answering questions, doing lives. It's just my favorite thing to do. Awesome. And I will drop all of your information in the show notes so that everyone can find you. 
And with that, I'm going to pivot into the closing questions, if you feel ready. So the first of the three is lately I've just been giving an open space to my guests to talk about anything that's important to them. It could literally be any issue, any topic that you want to share with people. So I'm going to go back to something I mentioned earlier, and this is something I've been trying to do with myself every day, but it's giving myself grace, giving myself time and a moment to pause where necessary. This works in personal or professional life. It's really changed my life as far as me not being overwhelmed with the things I'm working on. I think a lot of us right now are in a space that feels very weird and different than it has the last few years, and it's easy to get into a negative headspace. So I am always trying to pause, check in with myself, and remind myself that whatever is making me feel a little bit of negativity in the moment is likely something that is going to be short-term and not worth exerting too much energy over. Oh, yes. Thank you. A personal thank you from me for that reminder. (laughs) And the second to last of the closing questions is about the title of the show, which is The Art of Speaking Up. And I love to ask every guest what The Art of Speaking Up means to them. So to me, the, The Art of Speaking Up is the difference between complacency and success. If you don't speak up for yourself, you cannot expect to be successful. And that is true no matter what your goal is. And for the final question, this is a space for you to speak to or reach anyone who might be in a hard space or who might be struggling. I started this show because when I was having a rough time, I could not find any advice that resonated with me. Like everything I consumed made me feel worse. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm really broken. (laughs) So I started this show just to kind of undo the myth of like the confident, perfect woman and speak to people where they actually are. Um, And so with that, I wanted to give you a chance to share really anything that you might think that you think might be useful for anyone listening. So to your listeners, I would say all of this is just a journey. Remember that it's a journey. Confidence, speaking up for yourself, self-advocacy in general, it's a journey. At every step of the way, you'll encounter something that feels a little more challenging, and you just have to remember that you're worth the time and effort to be successful, to be happy, to to move forward in any way that will will make you feel successful. One other thing I'll add to that, I definitely want to share more information and more tips with your listeners. And so I have created a free guide for them that goes into more detail about some of the actual steps I took to realize self-advocacy and see success in my career. So I've put together five of my top tips that they can use right away. And I think that they'll find those to be extremely impactful. Awesome. And we will drop that in the show notes for everyone so that they can grab it from your website sounds good. Thank you so much, Whitney. Thank you so much for having me. I love your show and I will recommend it to any professional woman I can uh, get with an earshot. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. I loved this conversation with Whitney. The things she shared were very, very relatable to me personally based on some of the things I've been through in my corporate career. And it was just so refreshing to dig into these topics and 
talk about career advancement and advocacy conversations in like such a real and transparent way. I hope it helped you. I am going to drop Whitney's contact information down in the show notes, her website, her social handles. I'm going to drop the link to get her the free guide that she created just for you, like just special for this episode on the steps she took to advocate for her promotion. And since I did this conversation with her, I found out that she's also doing a webinar this month. So she's doing a webinar in September. It's called Three Mistakes You Must Avoid to Create Impressive, Engaging Presentations to Maintain Your Credibility and Get the Recognition You Deserve. And if you would like to attend her webinar, I'm going to link it below so that you can sign up and spend more time with Whitney and get to know her work more deeply. And a big thanks to Whitney for coming on the show, for sharing her story. I found it so inspirational. I was feeling all like motivated and good and gooey in a really good way as I was listening back and hearing the two of us talk about this. And I hope that this conversation landed that way for you too. All right, that brings us to the end. Thank you so much for being here. Come join me in the Facebook group if you want deeper community. And if you're interested in working with me, there are two ways that you can work with me, and I want to make sure that you know about both of them. The first way is through my one-on-one coaching, which you can learn more about, and you can reach out to me to express interest in working together by going to jessgazitcoaching.com coaching. I will link that below. One-on-one coaching is really, really good and ideal if you are in a headspace where you feel very, very ready to make the change, whether the change is moving into the position you want, whether there's change that you want to happen inside of you with your confidence and your mindset and how you feel about yourself. One-on-one coaching is such a powerful way to get you unstuck and get you where you want to go faster. That is the first way to work with me. And the second way to work with me is through my corporate workshops and group coaching programs. So you can bring me to your company to do either a one-time workshop. I do workshops on topics like communication and confidence and finding your voice and becoming like a bold, badass female leader. That is my jam. And I can work with you both like as a one-time thing with your team or if you want an ongoing support or ongoing training where you work, where you and your team works with me over an extended period of time, I can do that too. It is so much fun and it is such a powerful way to add something into your work routine that is deeply enriching and supportive of your growth so that when you're at work, you're not just giving, giving, giving so much of yourself. You're getting something back too and you're getting to invest in yourself and your confidence and your growth and how you feel. That is why I love coaching because when you are in the seat of the person working with the coach or the person being coached, it's for you. And that's why it feels so good. And that's why I love being coached because it's for you. And we all need a little bit of time to focus on ourselves and the things that we care about and the things that we want most and to work through the obstacles that are standing in between that. Okay, I could chat my face off about coaching and my love for coaching and all things coaching, but I'm going to wrap up this episode. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy that you're listening. Thank you for being part of this community. I will catch you next week for a solo I think it's going to be, I'm not 100% sure, 
But I think next week solo is going to be on the topic of difficult co-workers. And I'm a little scared because I haven't ventured into this topic yet on the show because it's so like, ugh, what's the word? Not controversial, but it's so complicated and it can be so sensitive and so tender. And I think one of the hardest things about being a human is like human conflict and human friction. And so it just, it's kind of like a scary venture a little bit, but it's also a really important ingredient for your growth. So I have to talk about it. I mean, we have to work on it together. So that's probably what's coming. I feel like now I've promised that to you. So that's what I'm going to do. So I will catch you next week. You can find all the links and everything I mentioned down below in the show notes. Don't be shy. Reach out to Whitney. Reach out to me. Get the help and support that you need. And I will catch you in next week's episode. Bye.